This is HPR episode 2693 entitled Getting Started with Web-Based Gaming Haskell and Elm. It is hosted by Toroto and is about 19 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is First Steps in Writing for X-Space Exploration Game. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Radio. This is Tuukka, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about the game programming with Haskell and Elm. I have been working on a small game, web-based game, for a bit now, and thought that it might be a fun idea to record sort of an audio diary and tell what I have learned and what, I, what, what my plans have been and what kind of problems I have had this and share it with you with the listeners of the Hacker Public Radio. Uh, I'm doing this because I'm, I don't have plans to make a complete game. This, this is more of a learning experience. I'm a person who, who uh, learns by doing, and making simple games has always been my preferred way of learning new, new things about programming. I started that when I was a Tiny, tiny kid, I think seven or so, when I sat through writing text adventures, and I have been doing it since then. So the game I have been working on is a browser-based multiplayer space exploration game. That's a mouthful, but the idea is that uh, there's a game that is running constantly. It's a turn-based, in a sense, but that turns don't wait the players. They are automatically done every, for example, every 24 hours or so. And uh, regardless of what you have done, or regardless of if the player has given his input or not, on a, on a, on a certain turn, the turns are evaluated. And I'm re- writing with this with a Haskell, Yes, mainly, and a little bit of Elm. And I was really lucky in that sense that uh, it's, a, it's a easier to change things than to create from nothing. And Yesod comes with a stack template. Stack is that uh, Haskell, Haskell uh, build, build tool, configuration tool. And uh, But the stack comes with a Yesod template, so I can just call a stack, I, I think it was stack template, something, something, something. I checked that, put it on the show notes, but it will create a scaffolded Yesod project. That's a fully-fledged Yesod website that has a, it doesn't have much of content, but it has a 
menu, it has a breadcrumbs, it has a authentic authentication, authorization, things like these basic things are in place. So it's easy it was easy for me to just create a project from there, then start adding on that. Just delete the demo pages and start adding there. And the plan is basically just to keep changing that demo demo page that came with the yes or until the game is ready or until I lose the interest or decide that there's something else I rather do. So the idea is that the players can change their orders anytime. So they any at any given moment they can log in on the page, they can see what's the current situation for them, they can give orders to the for example planets or the ships or what whatever I end up adding in the game. And they can revert those orders and give new orders. But when when the turn ends, the system will simulate what would happen, uh, or rather what will happen when all these orders are taken into account, and it will create a new sort of a new state of the world, and then the players can again view and see what's 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 the state and how things have been progressing with the news and stuff, and keep giving orders. Or maybe they just decide that some certain orders are still valid. Let's not change these. For example, some planet has been ordered to do scientific research and the player feels that this is a good idea, so just keep doing. No need to change that. And um, I wanted to... Originally, I wanted to make this whole thing to run completely on the, on the plain HTML. And just a tiny amount of client-side scripting, just just as an as a challenge, basically. But I, at some point, I realized that this is not going to cut it, and I will need to write the client completely on the Elm. But at the start, the client was a, basically just a dumb. HTML, HTML pages, a little bit forms here and there, but uh, yeah, and that's that's a as of as of the moment I'm recording that that that's still working progress thingy, the writing the client on the with the Ellen, and uh, so uh, let's talk about a little bit about the idea of the game more. Uh, the, I wanted to add a little twist into the game in a way that the, each player belongs to a faction. Like they have their own group and one faction can have more than one player. I haven't figured out how, how, how players are divided between factions and how can they move between them and if they can move between them. And then and then Planets and ships and basically everything don't belong to the players, but they belong to the faction. At least that's the current current idea. And this hopefully gives a interesting dynamic in the game, in a sense that there's a group of there's always a group of people. Sometimes this group of people is a one 
sometimes it's a bigger, that are managing this, whatever you want to call it, space empire, space republic, space something that has the planet. And they have, they in between themselves have to somehow decide what needs to be researched. Research is going to be a big big part of the game because in the beginning you can barely fly a spaceship and you have to start researching uh, bigger spaceships and better technologies and better sensors and do some basic research and then do some applied research and then decide where to spend all the resources and at the same time you have to also have to manage your planet you have to uh, give the population fed give them reasonably happy maybe have them do some meaningful things to do maybe do some planet-based exploration instead of space exploration because planets are huge like that well if you look around and see that how big Earth, for example, is, and how in the space game it's usually just a one hex and there's a couple numbers and there isn't much to do on a planet on a space game. I, I kind of want to change this a little bit. So if you find a new planet and you land there and you set an outpost there and start, you start living there, obviously you need to have a planet-based explorations that you can go go around and roam on the planet and try to see if there's any, anything interesting to find there. And all this needs to be managed that group of people, not single player, but group of group of players. If I ever have a group of players that is and if I ever have a playable game that is that's a couple big ifs. But that that might give an interesting dynamic if there's a, some planetary lord who has decided that I want to explore the planet, I don't want to spend my meager resources to go to the space, and in the same faction there's some another, another guy who is in charge of the uh, solar system, star system, and is thinking that where those planets are, and, and his opinion is that we need to explore the space, so can't you, why don't you help me with this goal? So it might create nice nice dynamic there, or not, I don't know, it's, a, it's just an idea, basically, but that's basically the idea of the game, and um, so, uh, back-end written the Haskell front-end HTML, later, later uh, Elm code, some REST interface in between, and all the data, of course, all that stuff needs to be stored somewhere, so, um, I was uh, thinking all kinds of ideas here, but then I decided that probably it's the easiest, easiest if I go with a simple relational database because that's the things that I know fairly well that probably isn't going to give me any any big surprises, although there was already a surprise. And uh, I talked about that a little bit later, but I, I didn't want to do any Cosmos DB or MongoDB or whatever, because while I have an idea about those technologies, I'm not that familiar with them, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to have too many new things to learn because this 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 Haskell Elm is 
is going to be plenty enough because I have been playing a little bit with them, but I haven't ever written anything big. And uh, a, sometimes it's really frustrating to work with the Haskell because while it's a really uh, fun language, it's not too complicated, they say, but the concepts are sometimes, they are just completely different what I have, have, have what I'm used to, so it's really hard to sometimes to work work around some things and and sometimes there's really interesting surprises like like um, I'm using a JSON comes with a persistent for the database access which is really nice nice uh, library and I thought that that would be enough for me but then soon I learned that the persistent can't do can't do joins you cannot join two tables and query data from both in a one query. There's some some, some good reason behind that. I, I think that's uh, due to the fact that Persistent supports various different kinds of backends, so they have to go with the minimum set of features that is available for all of those. And then the, uh, this I worked around while learning that there's a SQL app, which is another library for accessing databases, but uh, SQL app is not in the stack yet. Stack is, like I mentioned, that build management tool that also comes with uh, curated packages, so if you all the, all the packages that are available in the stack are guaranteed to some degree to work together so you can it's easy to pick pick the ver version from the stack because you know that if I use this version of the library all these other libraries will work together together with it but SQL isn't on the stack so that I had to get from the GitHub directly I just basically in my configuration say that this this uh, library doesn't come from the stack but it comes from the github or git repository and it's a this specific commit that you need to pick and how did i pick the specific commit i took the latest version from the master and decided that if this compiles it's probably good enough and so far it has been good enough but yeah so uh data starting the database uh Haskell, uh, no, sorry, Yesod has uh, this nice uh, code-first approach on the database. There's a model.config file where you write up, where you describe what kind of entities you have, and Yesod will, based on that information, generate your database for for you. It even has some automatic migration tools. They are very rudimentary. They are good enough for the development but you cannot use those in the in the with the real production environment you have to do the you have to do the uh, migration by hand if, if if and when your database changes you have to do those changes by hand and think your specific cases how the data needs to change if it needs to change uh, some data I have I well, I don't know if I have to, but 
I came to the conclusion that I have to store as a JSON in the database. It's not optimal. You cannot do meaningful searches into JSON data that is stuffed in a, some somewhere in the database. But that that seemed to when I was when I was, when I was doing this seemed to be the approach approach that gave me least hassle. This is this is related to the algebraic data types. So I I can have a data type that has very different looking data. Like I can have a it's 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 all in the it's all the same type in the Haskell but it can be look really different. And if you were to map it into the into the relational database as a rows rows and columns and stuff you would you could end up with multiple tables making queries really hard. So I just decided to serialize that that those things into the JSON, store them into the database, be done with that. I cannot query that data. I cannot change that data easily. It basically, it's always a replace operation. Like take this data and replace it with this version of the data. But I'm happy with that. So this is this is basically the state state of the database stuff for myself. And like I said, the Yesod comes with the authentication out of the box. I'm using the in the development environment the very simple version where I have just a simple text box where I can write that. It asks when you go to the page who are you and you just type your user ID there, press the login and then you log in as the user, no password, no but no security whatsoever. But that's that's good enough for me for the development. I didn't want I haven't looked into the uh, email password combination uh, authentication or into the into the or out or any any of those what what people are more used to but I know that yes can do that so I don't have to worry about that now I'm just concentrating now on getting the very basic blocks into place and get the whole thing off the ground so I can like I said it's easier to change something than it is to create something from the nothing so I can my goal currently is to just create something that I can later start changing as long as there's a some like first first step is to have a player faction for the for the player a planet where they can be Planet, of course, needs to be in a solar system, solar system, star system, and the uh, star system has to have one or more stars. And on a planet, there can be buildings, like farms for producing food, and maybe some research stations producing research points and so on. But that's the that's the first step I want to concentrate. Okay, I'm going to call this off now and 
going to start coding a little bit and I'll get back to, back to this when I have some more to talk about. So, have a good one. Cheers. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.